Did you know you can interact with us and continue the conversation via our online forum? That's right. You can email us today at setapartpodcastteam at gmail.com because this is not just a podcast. This is a movement. We're looking forward to hearing from you. Live in the place to be. It's your favorite cousin's favorite cousin. Oh, God. Ren in the Center Park <laughs> Podcast. And I always have that amazing gift for you guys. And that is the people who is for the people. Say what's up to the people, Didi. What's up to the people, Didi? We got something nice. Didi, listen, Didi, I'm just going to start like this. This needs to be said. I I can't stand when something happens and people don't bring obvious to attention. Now, what? for the for uh, bring obvious to attention. I, okay. I know common sense ain't common. Common sense ain't common. So please, viewers, listeners, <laughs> if, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you. If you're listening, I'm gonna give you some 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 details. If you're seeing with your eyes, you can see that Dee Dee's hair is on fleek. All right. She's not playing with you guys. Um, <laughs> this is self-care on a new level. Okay. Now Listen. I got I got one question before we even start anything, Didi. Now I'm gonna uh, subscribe and assume this. You can tell me if I'm wrong or not. When women get their hair cut their hair done, is it the same way when guys get their hair cut? Because you feel like a new person. Like I get some energy from I don't know where when I got that fresh lineup. So so correct me. Do you do you feel like you're on top of the world or not? First off, y'all a little bit extra though. We are. Y'all get a lineup twice a month and act like you can't talk to nobody, can't speak to nobody, looking at yourself on your phone, all the angles. It it's hard. You start speaking slower. Like I've never used the word when I get a fresh lineup, I always use this word. People say such and such and such. I'm like, chill out. Oh my God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel so much worse. <laughs> but we do, um, I don't say we feel like a new person, but it does add some confidence because we, I think we pay more than y'all pay, but it's definitely, yeah. and we take more time than you guys take. Yeah. Um. So we gonna, yeah, we gonna milk it for sure. Yeah. Shout yes. out to the women in their income paying these hairdressers. <laughs> Shout out and make sure y'all tip well because, yeah, th- yeah, it, they doing work. They putting in work. So yeah, it's a whole uh, process. Dd, look on fleek for the viewers. For now the wait listeners. a minute. Let me say this. Okay, I did this myself. So you did. I did this myself. I didn't pay for this one. Okay, see that brings a whole new dynamic because I know I that thought your, it would. I know that your shoulder gets on fire reaching in the back of your head to do the back part. I know it. It got to. Not no more. Not no more. Oh, you got that much mm-hmm. trained. <laughs> oh, you got that much trained. So I every, everybody who think that Didi just got a nice gym program and her, her shoulders is on tight, it's, 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 she got a whole mm-hmm. other secret that y'all don't even know about. Yeah. <laughs> but let's segue because we got something special today. This yes. week, um, this week we celebrated Mother's Day. Uh, for all the mamas out there, Didi, happy Mother's Day. Um, we you. respect you. We respect all the moms and all the sacrifice um, that you have put forward, even to make things happen on a daily basis, let alone the luxuries that we get um, to kind of take part in. Um, this episode is so special because Dee has a surprise for us. I hey. do. 
Didi, tell us our surprise. Give us our gift. So in light of <laughs> light of Mother's Mother's Day, Mother's Week, put it like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we decided this is this is the first on our show, actually. This is the first ever it is. Yes, that we've ever had in the history of this podcast. And in light of it being Mother's Week, we're bringing on somebody that knows all about it from, I mean, been mothering for a long time and a whole lot of people. I think if you counted up all the people she mothered, she probably could fill up a whole stadium, probably. A stadium or a football team? Because that's a 53-man roster. No, the stadium itself. The stadium. A lot of people. You think I'm exaggerating. It's been a lot of people. I heard she incredible. I heard she once jumped over a car and that was laughing. <laughs> like, so she got some type of immortality going on. So I'm I telling you. It. And she don't even go to sleep. And she don't go to sleep. Now, <laughs> now we got to talk about, uh, we just came out of mental health month. We need to have some conversations <laughs> with her. Okay. <laughs> well, without further ado, please welcome to the Set Apart Podcast, Mrs. Stephanie Hobbs. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank uh, you for squeezing us in because you know I know you got a lot of kids. <laughs> a lot of kids, yes, for sure. So bring some truth to this whole stadium versus football team. I need I need to I need to know the dynamic. You you have mothered not just the football team, but a stadium <laughs> of people. Yes, let, let us let us know a little bit about that before we even start anything. Definitely the stadium from babies on up to elderly, all in between. <laughs> whoever needs to talk, whoever needs time, I'm available. Okay, good. So when we yeah. need to promote something, we're going to get her contact list. She, right. know the, she know a lot of people. So we, we appreciate you coming on. And one of the reasons, like I said, that we invited you is because you have mothered in every aspect and you've been mothered. So... Um, to kind of start off the conversation, I want us to all go around and just share something funny that, um, a funny memory of our, our mom. I'm going to start with Renard cause I feel like Miss Beverly is something else. She She's in charge of you. The legend of Miss Beverly. She is, uh, I often, and so I like how she set the bar. She's always set the bar. That's something I appreciate about my mom. She set the bar and I can often um, say her name in situations because that's how much of an impact she's made on me um, in the sense of somebody will randomly tell me to do do something. Hey, um, I need you to go to the store for me, such, 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 such. And then I'm like, I didn't realize your name was Beverly. <laughs> I didn't realize you had that impact on me in my life. Uh, but that impact in general is funny. Uh, my mom is notorious for messing up names. Now, mm. she was born in uh, Chattahoochee, Florida. Um, and she messes up names repeatedly. And it's really something in her mind that once she labels you as that, you're that name. That's your name. So, um, I remember I used to, this was early in college. I I dated a girl named Christina. Easy. Chris and Tina. Compound (laughs) words in this mug. Um, she started to get, get to know her and all that other stuff. And she would be Hey, Christine, can you pass me that thing over there? Oh, Christine going to be mad. Listen, Christina, I I said Christian going to be mad. Like she keep going. Oh, wow. She, she will say every single name. Except her name. Except that. 
Um, keep in mind, this is the woman that still says Netflix. Oh, wow. And Walmarts. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the funniest thing about Miss Beverly, the myth, the, 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 the myth, the legend. So what about you, Miss Stephanie? I got to pass it to you. Okay. So I have to share something with you. When I was my, back in my college days and I was, you know, on the dance early, floor. Early 2000s. <laughs> you know, doing my thing. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm in West Virginia, right? I'm on the dance floor, you know, Delta Sigma Theta. Okay. And I'm thinking my mom, you know, she's in Virginia, you know, about six hours away. No problem. Get my groove on. And next thing you know, my mom is yanking me off the dance floor. <laughs> oh my goodness. I was jamming and everybody was looking around. I was like, oh, I must be doing something. You know, I must be getting down, right? She just came. Nothing I can ninja. do. You, you can't re to walk off the floor. You <laughs> can't recover from that. You can't recover from that. No, something happened. And you just take the L. You just, yeah, I just transferred to another college. <laughs> That is crazy. I I have um it's not one incident, but it's just a thing that my mom and y'all probably can relate. But as you know, I've said it before several times. I was blessed with a very smart mouth. Amen. And <laughs> and it was uh very apparent, very young. So um I was very accustomed to that that shot popping the lips. I mean, no matter where we were, it was always like that. And it didn't, it wasn't so much that it was painful, but it was just the shock. And then, you know, a sting a little bit, but you like, why you in mid sentence? I got that a lot. And even as I grew taller, high school, basketball, it didn't matter. We could be in the grocery store, in front of my friends. Things hurt when you're in mid syllable. Listen, they hurt way more. Mouth be open. I can't. <laughs> I can't believe you. He <laughs> got Now I didn't raise my voice. I wanted okay. to live to see the next morning, but I just had those those slick little, you know, little one liners. Here's the thing: I don't, and and I thank God. I thank God every day that I don't know. No, I don't. I don't. I know very well. <laughs> I got popped in the mouth a lot, and just be frozen in the bread all night. So what? <laughs> this, is, this is something that I find like, did you guys ever, and this is just a taking you back. Did you guys come from that kind of lifestyle where um, whether it's your mom or whether grandma would make you go choose the weapon thing you were going to get disciplined with? Like, was it like a go find a switch type thing? Not for me. Absolutely. I didn't have no choice in nothing. <laughs> And, and and here's the thing. Here's the worst thing. Did you guys have the mom or the grandmother that said, "Okay, you did this now. Uh, how how do you think you should be punished? What what do you think should happen now?" Did you have no. that? No, I had no no words, okay. no opportunities. I think that's a boy thing too. Yeah. Listen, the worst thing that ever happened. Like I kid you not, I remember this. I never did it again. I didn't even get a whooping. The one time I didn't get a whooping for doing something bad. <laughs> um, she was like, uh, how do you, you, how do you think, how do you, what do you think should happen because of this? 
should you get a whooping? Should I take away, you know, such and such or this or this or this? And like, I, I finally, for the first time, said like, I, I don't think, I, I just think, you know, you should give me a talk and we, when we, you know, go our separate ways, right? And she said, okay, and walked away. I kid you not. Like, no talk happened. I kid you not. Every part of me was paranoid for the next I was about to say. <laughs> hours. Hours. Like, That's my like, woman. We yeah. eating dinner, and I'm just <laughs> feeling it. I'm, she, she said nothing else about it, and I'm just feeling it. And she like, you going to go take a bath? Now I'm like, oh, man, she going to get me when I get out the bath. <laughs> oh, she going to get me when she get out the bath. And she was like, uh, yeah, we got to do such and such and such, but first we got to do this. And I'm like, oh, man, she just she just set me up at every corner. At every corner, <laughs> she's just diabolically thinking. Like, literally, it broke me to the point where it was like, Okay, we gotta have this what should happen again conversation because I can't scared. take this. I can't take this. <laughs> she got you psychologically. I can't yeah. take this. It was it was she only did it once and she only needed to do it once because I could I that was that was the yeah. worst thing. See, we had I had it up front. Get this yeah, switch, go me kick too. it out and come here with it. And when I'm done, when you go to school in the morning, put on a turtleneck. I don't care how hot it is. <laughs> And put on some gloves so they don't see the webs. That's hilarious. Yes. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's funny. That is Ooh. hilarious. <laughs> that is crazy. That's that's worse thing because we grew up in Ohio and it wasn't a form of punishment, but I feel like the turtleneck thing felt like it. Our mom would put <laughs> Vaseline on us in the winter. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. All like uh, we we walk around that mug having the shiniest face you've ever mm-hmm. seen in your life, and she'll put Vaseline, and I you would be sweating <laughs> in the winter. Like I got on Vaseline head to toe, and I'll be like, Mom, why are we the only one with shiny faces at school? <laughs> now look at your skin. See, shout out to Miss Beverly. Yes, <laughs> that's that's how we keep it from cracking. That's right. We want to do some more Vaseline. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Ooh wee. But apparently that's the thing. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, I still do that. You still do that? Mm-hmm. Grease them up. Listen, that's. <laughs> and then you get to the point, and I'm pretty sure CJ feel it because, like, you like, no, my I do my own face. I'll do my own face. Now he put own. too much. No, he... I be having to wipe him off because he. Come on, you was a little boy. Y'all don't be paying attention. Just be, it be all in his hair. Like, what was you doing? With your eyes closed? Yeah. You just put it in your head. You just and done. Yeah. And done. Wow. Man. Okay. At least I know I ain't crazy. Y'all, y'all got the baths <laughs> too. We had to. But um, let's get into this conversation about motherhood. So we kind of took it back in time with some stuff with our own upbringing and our mothers in our homes. Um, but like we said, you mothered so many people whether they were biologically yours or not. And I know that's, I mean, mothering in itself is a task, but having to, how, how do you deal with people trusting you to mother them when they haven't come from your home naturally um, to know that you have that freedom to, to parent them, whether they're yeah. old or young, how, how do you, how does that trust come about or where do you get that from? I, I think it's just being who yourself. Um, I'm very easy to talk to. 
even though people don't know it, I'm an introvert, you wouldn't know it, but I'll talk to a rock. It may not speak back, but I'll talk to a rock. <laughs> and so how I build that trust, I, I'm just myself. And I'm very mm. honest. If you if someone comes and asks me a question, and the first thing I ask them, do you want me to be honest? If so, mm. then I'm going to be honest with you. So I, I build that just being who I am, being myself. It works every time. Yeah. Mm. And so for those relationships, those relationships is different, I imagine. I mean, with every single person, it's different approaches. How do you, like, I, I mean, and, and excuse me for asking this question, because I can't even fathom it. But how can you um, just have different approaches? Like, is it a situation where it's like um, there's a method to, hey, find out what their needs are and then and then mother them or parent them in, in such way? Or, hey, nah, I know the truth. You need to know the truth. You need some love and some truth. And it's it's a recipe that you already got figured out. How would you approach that? All right. When I approach anybody, it's just showing yourself. And first of all, I just say, hello, how are you? I could be in the grocery store mm-hmm. and I'm behind someone and I'll just speak. How, how was your day? You know, it's just it's just showing yourself friendly and you start conversations that way. You'd be surprised. People will start talking to you about their families in the line. You know, the husband had a, a heart attack and and I said, well, how is he doing? It's That's all mm-hmm. it is. It's just being yourself and showing yourself friendly. I usually don't wait for people to speak to me. I speak to them first. And I build, mm. I'll build that relationship that way. I'll speak, how, how are you today? And they may be having a bad day, but I'll start that conversation, smile and say, I like what you have on or your hairstyle. That's cute. You know, I'll give them some compliments and, and really be honest with them. And I just start those conversations and it just normally turns into other yeah. conversations and other things. Yeah. And so with that same question, so tell us about your biological children and then um, when I say to like, how many do you have and the ages? And then how do you, in that same vein, do you parent them the same? <laughs> That's a good question. Well, that is a good question. Um, I have two daughters. Well, I always say three because Leslie, she's 45, but she's been with me for many years, going on 25, 30 years. So I would say three, 32, 34, and 45. And so you asked me if I parent them the same way. No, Leslie's grown. You know, she says, mommy, mom, <laughs> but, but I'm grown. And so I, I don't have to parent her. She really, unless she asks questions, I usually don't. I, I just mm. say, if you need me, I'm available. Now those 32 and 34 year old, oh yeah, that's different. And I don't parent them the same way because they have different needs, right? Mm-hmm. I still, and they'll tell you, I call them high maintenance daughters. They were easier to parent when they were four. <laughs> <laughs> tell me why. Why were they easier at four and six or? For some odd reason, they obeyed. If I say we're going to the grocery store, I'm going to pick up something for dinner. I don't need you to touch anything and I don't need you to say anything. Just ride in the basket, one in the front, one in the in the basket, and we're going home. And for whatever reason, they would obey. I had people in the stores, they would tell me, your daughters, they are so sweet. We'd be in the airport, we'd be on the airplane. They just mind. I'm like, where did those daughters go? (laughs) (laughs) Times have changed. I just think at this age, it seems like they're still trying to figure out 
what to do. I, you, I've trained them. I've given them all the, the help I can, the knowledge, uh, whether it's finances, whether it's male friends, men's, men's friends, <laughs> everything. But it seems like what happens in, at this age, they'll call me about every little thing. Well, he's nice, but he only texts me once today. You know, that kind of thing. Okay. So what does that mean? Okay. I mean why you make that face or not? I mean, listen, it's it's uh This was what mothers I, gotta go through. Listen, I just I, I had no idea. Like I had, no, I had no idea. Let's start there. So you got the three girls. Do you have any sons, like biological sons? No, I don't, but I I have other sons and they the call stadium. me Steph. I just okay. my sons and yes, I hold them accountable as well. <laughs> okay, here's here's my here's my question because I'm glad we talked about that. So, have you ever struggled? And this is this is going to be not only uh, some advice for you know the parents listening, but I mean for even Dee Dee and her son and my future kids. I don't have kids, but I know I'm gonna have a football stadium um, coming soon. Um, but here's the question. As you've seen that your daughters was four, then they go into um, 10, the teenage years, the 20s, and now in the 30s. Have you noticed uh, a struggle to figure out how to change that parenting style through the years? Um, or is it kind of like, no, I, I know these people and, you know, some things just don't change. Like, I know they are. I know they are. Uh, they just big kids now. No, I, honest, I'll be honest with you. When my daughters call, I'm already ready. I'm consulting the Lord the entire time mm. that I'm talking to them. What do you need me to say? How do you want me to respond? I know how I want to respond because they're getting on my nerves. <laughs> but God, how do you want me to respond? Because you know where they are. Yes. And so yeah. I consult the Lord. There's no book. Mm. There's no That's book. Good. So I may respond to the same situation a different way, depending on where they are. Okay. And and when you get to that point where, because I know, I know, I can't, you only got to tell me the scenario. I know you've gotten to a point at one point in time where it's like, listen, I done told you this advice three times. You just ain't getting it. You just ain't <laughs> getting it on this situation. What's then the reaction? Because I know that that has to be a struggle. It's all, yeah, it's a struggle, definitely a struggle, but I don't know how to do it any other way. It's, it's straight love. I, I want them to get it. And so it, it's taken me about 10 times when my mom used to say something. I'm like, didn't I just tell you that? What you, yeah. you didn't. So as long as they get it, I think that's what's important. If I have right. to tell them 10, 20 times, the, the ultimate goal is that they get it. Okay. And I, I'm not gonna dominate the questions, Didi. I'm sorry. You, you, no, we just I, talking I this. I get okay. Good. Since we just talking, let me get back into this then. <laughs> Some sometimes, and so let me give you some um, preface to kind of like this conversation. A lot of times, I have a conversations with my own mom, um, which is amazing now, right? That I can have conversations with her about uh, just seeking knowledge about like how do you? She had six kids. I'm like, how? Like, like. How I'm, I'm sure that 2023 is not at all like, uh, you know, when she was raising all of us, um, starting with the oldest siblings in the, in the late 70s. Um, but you kids grow up um, myself. I'm, a, I'm my mom's child for sure. I grow up and we we learn things. We go out. 
we uh, we fall on our face. We come back. Um, Mom's still there to pick us up. Um, but we also have situations where maybe it's not a reluctant, like hard press issue that we disagree on. But mom thinks one way and the kid thinks another way about a said situation. Um, and I think not only is it important to preach through love in that situation with a with a child, but also with somebody else in the world that you want to love on, but you disagree with. What is your approach? What is some tips? Like when you disagree with where your kids is going, like, hey, I disagree. But like, what is the tips? Like, where do you even start with a situation like that? Well, that's pretty much happens all the time. I disagree, but I share with them, here's, you know, what I think. Mm -hmm. Here's the best approach. Here's, you know, the way I think you should, you know, to do it. And what I get back is like, mom, I'm grown. I know what I'm doing. I say, if you decide to do that, then there are going to be consequences hmm. if you make that choice. However, it is your decision. You are grown. But understand if you do make that choice or you make that decision, there are consequences to that. So it's yeah. good or bad, depending on what you decide to do. Hmm. That's good. So it's kind of kind of give some light on the outcome so they can really critically think what's going on in this situation. I'll give you an example. So if you spend your last hundred dollars on an outfit and some shoes and you need to eat tomorrow, that means you won't be eating tomorrow. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Just, I mean, I mean, decisions and, and, and consequences. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. that's literally, and it's, and I think that's the best way to, for me, like I'm a, I love to see the whole picture, but I won't get it until I'm in some seasons sometimes. Sure. So I can say like, mom, like I, like, I get it. I get it. I get it. Like I'm saying, I get it. And then the season happened and I'm like, whoa, mm -hmm. oh, I, I didn't get it, but I do now. So uh, thank you for that. Sure. And so with that same, how do you, how do you parent another parent's children in that same way? Like, do you ever feel like it's a fight to be like, well, I don't want to go in that deep because then they might be offended or um, if I tell them the truth and or if it goes against what their biological parent told them to do, do you ever feel hesitant um, or is it the same thing? Like you, you consult the Lord, like, what do you want me to do? I know how I feel. I know it's uncomfortable. Um, how do you even just step in there? If you know that person is coming to you, and these are these not grown kids. This could be teenager. Um, I mean, you're like a pro at it now. So what do you it's almost like. Could do you think you could diagnose something a lot faster than you once could and know exactly what to do? Because mm -hmm. I'm asking as the person is talking and trying to read what's what they're really saying. Yeah. Instead of what's really being said, what is the root of this? And mm -hmm. I can only tell you one word that works for me. Consistency. Mm. So even though I have biological daughters, I'm not going to favor them. You know, mm. if, you know, if I was talking to you, D, I'm not going to favor them. It's going to be consistent across the board. Yeah. So mom is just mom, regardless of right. mm -hmm. same way. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Cause you, you, you will, <laughs> you will discipline. <laughs> <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> How do you even run, like that? Here's my question. I deal with people all the time and I love people. Don't get me wrong. But how do you even like get to 
start to get inklings about like what each individual even maybe needs. Like, for example, um, I know that I have a tendency to um, if I'm stressed out, like secret stress, like, first of all, I'm not good at hiding it. Let's just be real. Um, I'll call it out on myself. But if I choose to, my first go to is isolation, especially to those who are keeping me accountable. And so until I get to that point where it's like, hey, everything all right? Like, like you know what I mean? Like, and, and they're asking because they know the answer, but they just giving me the opportunity to say something. Until I get like that message or that approach or something like that, I won't say a thing. So like, how do you just know like, hey, Didi's this way. You know, somebody else could be this way, but I know how to seek that out to figure out what's going on in their lives. Always goes back to what I do is consulting the Lord, a spirit of discernment. Mm. And sometimes I can reach out and they haven't called me and I'll say, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're struggling with something. What, what's mm-hmm. going on? Why are you depressed? Mm-hmm. You know, and if, and if God doesn't have me say anything, I won't approach until he says so. Because, mm. some, you know, you just know, I just spirit of discernment. Yeah. Like somebody's run, you know, somebody's depressed and they're trying to smile it off. But yeah. on, the, on the inside, they are hurting. Right. And so, and so I ask God, don't let me get in the way. Mm-hmm. But if they need me to reach, if you need me to reach out, I'll reach out. But yeah. if it's something they need to go through so they can get closer to you, then let me know that too. That's good. That was a perfect one. Dang, I, listen, you done knocked me on my, off my feet with that one right there. <laughs> listen, it's like, oof. Because, uh, I mean, because a lot of times I hear you, I mean, from the, at least from the last few answers, like you talk about consulting the Lord. You talk about taking it to the, you know, take it to the Lord in prayer or uh, asking for a spirit of discernment. So even the way that your approach is to people is one that's glorifying the Lord. How do you then promote that in your children's lives? And I'm talking about the football stadium. How do you then promote that to the football stadium? It's all by faith. And what they see is not what they, that I say, it's what they see. I have to be that role model. I have to be that example. But most of all, Riri, I can tell you this, when I'm wrong, I have to be able to admit that I was wrong and please forgive me for that. Mm. The way I handled that with you, the way I spoke, the way I gossip, whatever That's that true. is, I'm first to apologize to say, Forgive me for that. That was not how God would have had me handle that. And I asked mm. for their forgiveness. And, and then I think the other thing is just being transparent. You know, I got some issues. <laughs> yeah. Even though I work with a lot of people, I have some issues. So I just want you to know I'm not perfect. But the love I have for you is perfect because it's from God. Mm. So why good. do you think it's so difficult for parents in general, to to be vulnerable? Do you think it's because society has parents up here, children down there, and so we try to keep this this dynamic of you're not on my level, which I get to an extent, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, I think I found that although children are children, sometimes we treat them like they're a little less human than adults, so almost Mm. like they don't feel the same things that we feel because we've been, maybe we've been through more things or we've seen more, we know more, but why is it so hard for parents to admit wrongdoing or to say, 
I don't know or to admit a mistake or um, I didn't I didn't learn that at your age. You're doing great to admit any kind of shortcoming. Why is that so difficult in your opinion? Yeah, I think as parents, because we don't want you to feel less, think less of us. Hmm. And sometimes we won't open up and say, you know, when I was 16, I did this or I was in this situation because we don't we want you to feel the way you feel about us. And we don't want you to think less of us. And so we won't be vulnerable. I just think the only way I feel I can help my biological children and anybody I mentor is to be honest, because that what that does is that give them an opportunity to say they make a mistake. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. Right? yeah. So if you're not vulnerable and transparent, then what it does to a child, that's why you see, you know, so much suicides and, and um, you know, depression and, yeah. and different things, because you got to get them an opportunity to try. Maybe they fail, but to say, yeah, I tried that, too. But because of God's grace, I was able to get up and try it again. Because mm-hmm. parents, when we don't share that with our children and say, I know, I understand, I'll cry with you. But after, after you, you're done crying, I always tell my daughter, stop the rain. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. now, this is what we're going to do from here. You have options. Let's look at your options and let's make some adjustments. So every time I get a call from anybody I mentor, I understand. Let's go ahead. Let's cry a little. Stop the rain. Because I get them to mm-hmm. laugh that way when I say stop the rain. And then I say, let's look at our options. We do have options available. It may not be the yeah. best options, but we do have options. Let's look at the best option and then let's make the adjustments. Hmm. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Now, are your <clears throat> are your kids or do you have any kids that uh, you have like a little bit of distance with? Like I'm talking about in terms of maybe you don't see them every single day, every single week type thing. No, I have my two daughters, uh, Jasmine and Jocelyn. One is in Columbus, Ohio, and the other one is in New York. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. It's when, you, when you're born in Ohio, you're weird. You're, you have to say, <laughs> oh, every time, every time somebody mentioned Ohio. Okay. And so um, my question after that would be, um, with that distance, how do you uh, then make, and I understand we have technology, you have all of these forms of communication, but it's even more than that. How do you then make, uh, I guess, your presence felt, maybe that loving touch or maybe that um, that ear to grab when they need to vent or maybe uh, whether, whatever it is, big events even. Um, a lot of big events happens in a lot of people's lives, especially if we're talking about um, you know, people getting engaged and married and kids and graduations. And I mean, I can go on and on. Um, birthdays happen every year. Um, how do you or what type of way do you approach um, just closing the distance, if you will? Um, of course, not physically in, in miles, but to make it at least feel that knowing like, hey, mama's still here. Well, I, I tell you, that comes from building the relationships. OK. Mm-hmm. For one thing, my 32-year-old, she was a preemie, and I would not leave her side while she was in ICU until the nurses say, we have to change shifts, Stephanie, so you'll have to step out. And that love there and from babies, I built it out of the love because that's the love that came from my mother. I know where I get it from. I mean, it's straight love. And they know even if I'm not there for maybe 
Like my daughter, she's a basketball coach. And if I'm not there, she knows that I am there in mm-hmm. spirit and in heart. She feels me there because she she'll say sometimes, Jocelyn, <laughs> she'll say, she'll hear my voice say, yeah, calm down. Mm-hmm. It's okay. That's good. So they know, if I can tell you anything, they know the love is real. It's Absolutely. Um, it's, no, it's no doubt in their mind. They know I will tell them the truth, but I will tell them the truth out of love. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm not present, say in my physical body, but my heart is always present with them and they know that without a shadow of a doubt. They'll tell you, I know you were there. I wanted you to be there. But trust me, if I could be there and D knows, I'd be there. I think I missed one game when my daughter was playing college ball. I didn't go to California, but the other ones I took PTO and I Mm -hmm. went to every game. So yeah. yeah, Ain't no distance between her and the girls. If they needed me to be there this week and it was serious enough or they felt that mom, I need you. If that's all they have to say, I yeah. can guarantee you I'd be on the next plane. Yep, and nobody would ask a question. Yeah. Like we already mm. know that's what you would do. That's good. Yeah, that's good. And let me take it back. You kind of went back for me. Let's go back to when you first, the first one, when you was like officially, oh, I'm a mom. Ooh, what was going through your mind? Um, who was the first person you told? Um, how did you feel like, wow, I actually have not just the caring of a child, but like when they are in your arms and you like, okay, it's, it's showtime. What's and going bef- through you? Go ahead. And before, and before you had the first one, did you have a fear of twins? Add that in there too. <laughs> Add that in there too. No, no fear of twins at all. But I would have been okay with it. Okay. Um, when I found I was pregnant, I, it was, I had a plan. I wanted to be pregnant at 26 years old. And so I did exactly that. Not the right way, but I did it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, listen. Say it again. Run it back so they can hear it in the crowd. Listen, yeah. she said not the right way, but yet and still the Lord is good. Listen yes. to that, y'all. Listen to that. <laughs> but I tell you, it was, I don't know. I had so much love to give. Anyway, so it wasn't, I wasn't afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, I just couldn't wait because of what I felt on the inside of me. I'm like, I have so much love to give. So even though it was a hard labor, still after that, I was like, oh, I think I can have another one of these. <laughs> and so- Thank you for listening to our first part of celebrating mothers with our Mother's Day special. Stay tuned for the second part as we continue great dialogue and don't forget to subscribe. Welcome back to the Set Apart Podcast. Now here's part two of our Mother's Day special interview with Miss Stephanie. Hope you love it. Hope you learned something. I just couldn't wait because of what I felt on the inside of me. I'm like, I have so much love to give. So even though it was a hard labor still after that, I was like, Oh, I think I can have another one of these. (laughs) And so the love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, it seemed like I just, (laughs) I don't know. It just seemed like it was so natural Mm -hmm. for me. And I would actually watch my baby sleep as Jasmine. 
I would watch her sleep at two o'clock in the morning when I'm supposed to be resting. I would just keep my eyes on her to make mm-hmm. sure she was okay. And when she make the little sounds. Yeah, I love the baby stage. I kid you not. Oh my goodness. Yeah. As somebody who doesn't have kids, I think I often think that like I'll be so shocked when it happens. Like, dang, like God, you let me have a human? Like this, <laughs> this human, like at every birthday. I, I think people like go out there and they celebrate birthdays. Hey, God gave me another year. Like literally the first 10 birthdays is going to be like, dang, I got him to 10. I got her to 10. They still alive. Praise the Lord. We gonna celebrate today. It's definitely humbling. But <laughs> when it happens, you'll probably you'll, it'll feel more natural than you can imagine right now. Yes. It, it's really? um, yeah, because I mean, I know this ain't my interview, but. <laughs> It's just something that, like, it's something that if you want to be a parent, you can be. If if you want to, because it's almost like when you see that little person, you like, I didn't think I could love somebody that much. Yes, mm-hmm. I didn't know. I, I didn't know that existed. And then you'd be like, There's no way I could love another person that much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you do, mm-hmm. from yeah. what I hear, because I only got one. But <laughs> it's um. It's something that if, like I said, if you want to be a parent, if you have that love that you want to give, it's not, it's not a shock. No, You just do, you just become, that's the part that's humbling. Cause you're like, like you said, I actually, I got a a person. It's a real person. Yeah. 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 And mm -hmm. like you said, you actually become what you need to be at that time. Mm. And as they grow, and they change and they grow and they change and they change. You will <laughs> adapt. Like I said, there is no book. Nope. And the book will be outdated. Yeah. And you just do what you, you think you need. You will make mistakes along the way. But you but if you are doing what you're doing out of love, your child is gonna know it. Yep. Mm, that's good. And I, I got a question for both of you guys since we're on that. Okay. Now I I I will admit that sometimes my greatest attribute and my worst attribute is logical thinking. Uh, very logical in my mind. Um, and so I asked you, Miss Stephanie, about the fear of twins, because I very much so have a fear of twins. So uh, this is what I mean by that. My mom and my whole family, like I can name six sets of twins in my family right now. Like it's littered. Um, the, I don't believe the whole... I hear it skips a generation things because I've seen it not. Okay. Um, and so I imagine I, I talk to my mom all the time. I'm like, listen, you went from having zero kids to two. Like, I'm scared of one. Like, 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 how how is that even possible? But I do know, but I do know this is what I do know. I can't tell you how for me or how if it's the same for every single person, but um. I do know that there's a switch that happens between, yes, you don't have any kids and yes, you're about to have a kid or you have a kid. There's a switch that happens. You can talk about all this stuff that you will do, that you won't do, that you um, you feel like it's going to be this way or you think it's going to be this way. But then the real thing actually comes. Um, can you both and both of you, can you guys just enlighten me on how. I guess even your mindset has really changed from, hey, I'm just out here. I'm a human being with no kids to, no, 
I brought a child in this world and I'm raising them. You have to grow up. <laughs> That's what <laughs> you're going to realize that you have to grow up and you have to grow up fast. So what you know how it is, you're used to just grabbing your jacket and getting in the car and then you realize, oh, I have a baby now. And so now I need and I'm picking up the baby and they throw up on you. So you got to go change clothes. And yeah, you, you got to be prepared for all that. And um, yeah, it it changes your whole way of thinking. It really does, mm. because now, you know, you have this baby or babies for you, Riri. Baby. Yeah, I think you're going to have twins. Yeah. I don't put so, that on me. Don't yes. Out, please. Yes. That sounds good. And so it just changed. You know, you, you know, you just know that you have to grow up fast yeah. because there, there's going to be this child or children that's going to be depending on you because they don't know anything else. They just know you. Here's yeah. your dad. Here's mom. And I trust yeah. them. That's good. What about you, Didi? What you got to say about how to change? What happened with the switch happened? To me, it's not like a stark switch, like a boom. It is a uh -huh. switch, but I will say this. I think it's different for a mother and a father because you guys have the luxury of getting yourself ready. Mm. We, we, from the minute conception, it's like a whole, you know, first physically it changes and then it slowly starts to just, you're, you start falling in love with that human that's in you. But mm. you do have to grow up because it's not about you, um, meaning things might feel like an inconvenience at first, but then you're like, okay, this person, God trusted me with this person. And that's why I say, if you want to be a parent, then you will be. There are some people that have children that don't, don't enjoy being a parent or responsible for somebody. Hmm. Yes, that's real. Yeah. So I think, um, yeah, we can go into that another time. But that's why I think when people, a lot of people have a lot of children um, and they don't seem happy or they or they feel like um, my life is over or I'm missing out or all those kinds of things. And that's and to me, that's not the case. I don't think you're missing out. I think it's just a new life. Okay. And it's actually a good one. Um, but, yeah, you that's have to good. grow up because you can't get up and do and go like you want. Right. That makes a lot of sense. That's good. I'm glad you guys said that because um, I feel like I feel like every single time and I'm a person who loves knowledge. Um, I believe that whether no matter what the atmosphere is, I can learn a lot from a lot of people. Um, I don't care if it's um, so, for example, like when you talk about um, the church life, of course, some people have been believers for three months, 10 years, more than I've been alive. Um, and then some people just, you know, accepted Christ last month or so. Um, I still believe, you know, no matter where you are in that walk, um, I can learn something from you, um, based on who you are and everything. And so, um, with being a mother, <clears throat> now this might be a little spicy. So uh, caution, guys, <laughs> caution, caution. Is there anything... Hmm, let me word this right, because you're you in uncharted territories. I know. Listen, <laughs> listen, you're uncharted. Listen, I'm scared. I'm there. I'm sweating. All right. Um, listen, I, if there's anything. Just say it. I'm trying. I'm trying to frame it right. Okay. So 
Let me let me bring you back a little bit. You know how you get uh, into something and you've probably been in it for years now and you realize that things change, not necessarily um, with you and your situation as far as the growth of the child, but even trends and what mothers feel like and how mothers act and, and what mothers priorities is these days. Do you feel like you've seen a change between the time where you first became a mother and the things that you prioritize as a mother, as opposed to today's world and what new mothers do and like, or has it not, has it all been the same? Come on I, with I, it. That was, that was the easiest way. Mm -hmm. I, ooh, I dodged a bullet <laughs> with that one. Good. That was, that was a good way to frame it. <laughs> Go ahead, D. No, he's talking to you. I'm a new mama. <laughs> Won't you rephrase that for me so I can make sure? Because I, I will go in a direction now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, I, and I'll give you some examples. Um, so um, I come from a mother of six, of course. Um, they had the parent us all difference, but also it was such a gap between us mm -hmm. to where I'm number five of six. Um, I'm sorry to my siblings that came before me, but I believe that I got the best version of my mom. Why? Because she did this book four times before. Like she a pro. Like she was, she had a sixth sense in a superpowers by the time she got to me. Um, but uh, I also have seen, and now I can have hindsight. I can see other people's wasn't, other people wasn't raised like I was. Um, you had the, you had the parents and I used to be jealous of, I'm just going to be honest. Um, you have kids run the streets all night and day. They don't got to check in with their mama. You got moms that, and don't get me wrong, like my mom had this uh, season of life too where she was a single mom, so she had to work three jobs. And so like the babysitting age was real for us. Like, nah, you you 12, watch your brother. Mm -hmm. Don't don't open the door. Anybody knock, don't open the door. Mm -hmm. Watch your brother. Um and there's just so many things. Now, you do have a different world out here, I admit. Like, I don't remember ever being scared um, when I was 10 years old that somebody would snatch me and, and, and take me somewhere. Never once. Like, I'm still old enough to know the streetlight rule. When the streetlights came on, that's when I had to keep going home. I had to, had to wait my own home. But I had a little bit more freedom probably than kids these days do. But the approach has changed totally these days um and i'm not saying whether it's for the better or worse a lot of people have a loose parenting style a lot of people have a um just as long as i keep you alive parenting style but the world can teach you what the world needs to teach you um some people have a uh community parenting style meaning like hey like i can send you to your grandma for the school year which as we know is predominant big chunk yeah. of the year and you can come visit me for summer like it's so many different parenting styles so i guess basically i want you guys to hit on or especially you miss stephanie because you like you said you said your oldest is in the 40s you got some in the 30s like listen you you know some things and i know you know some things um but has you seen people's parenting styles change in terms of mothers in general have you seen um um it get better in some places have you had some concerns in other places like and and you you can be light on the concerns i understand i'm taking you <laughs> on the trap right now <laughs> well, I, will, 
Yeah, I will tell you this. My parenting has changed, and I say for the better. I'm a protector, very protective. But I'm also learning that I, I have to learn that I can't fix everything. And that means allowing them to grow up and maybe see some different things. Now, I will say when you're going out, just watch your surroundings. I'm, I'm that way. But I have to learn I'm not the fixer. And that's, I've changed maybe in the last couple of years. And it's still hard for me because I like to fix everything. If it's broken for my child, I'm the first one that wants to fix it. But then I have to also say, God, what are you trying to teach them? Yeah. If it's for them to learn it instead of me fixing it, then let me back up and get out of the way so mm -hmm. you can do that. I think the, the times have changed so much. I mean, when we were growing up, we didn't have technology, the use of cell phones, use of anything, really. We played outside, you know, we hopscotch, you know, double dutch, riding our bicycles, all those different things. Now, technology, you have even younger girls now that it bothers me so much. You have 13-year-olds, they are on their cell phone meeting. Then they talking to older men and they're meeting them outside and, and you don't see them any, yeah. anymore. We have, I think as parents, we have to do better in checking. I, you know, I'm going to be real. When my daughters were home, I would check their underwear to make sure that they weren't doing something they weren't supposed to do. Seriously, mm. I check everything yeah. and I and I put a time on it. Uh, you get you get ready to go to bed. It's nine o'clock. You don't need your phone with you. Give it to me. Mm -hmm. You get it back in the morning when you go to school because times have changed. It's so dangerous. I yeah. just, it only takes a second. Yep. So I just, second. I just don't trust that way. And I, mm -hmm. and I, and I won't because what parent wants to get that call and say, Oh my God, she, she went out the window. I didn't know who she, I didn't check her phone. I didn't check her text messages. There are times you have to really be into my daughters, even today will come home and I'll say, let me see your phone. I'm like I'm 32 years old. I know. Let me see your phone. Hey. Yeah. Got to check. Got to know what you're into because yeah. at the end of the day, I don't, I just couldn't stand to get that phone call and say, you know, we yeah. found her in the bushes or she, we don't know where she is. And no, I not saying that won't happen, but right. not under my watch. What I'm right. saying is I'm going to give them what they need. Now it's up to them whether they want to follow instruction. But at the end of the day, I won't sit there and say as a parent that I didn't tell them, I didn't tell yeah. them, show them the way I didn't give them the right instruction. Because if you don't say anything, then you're just as guilty as your children. If you just let them run the streets, if you let them stay out to four or five in the morning when there's nothing to do at four and five in the morning, but get in trouble. If you don't say you're just, you're, you're the culprit just as well as they are because you didn't say. And so many parents just say they're grown after 18, just let them go. Let them make their mistakes. There are some mistakes that they may, they can't recover from. Yep. So yeah. I'm not willing to take that chance. At least I can say, I did tell them the truth, what they did with it. They did with it, but I can't, I won't blame myself for the rest of my life that something happened to me. Right. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Because the piggyback off of that, because this was about to be my next question, that I firmly believe in, and in, in this is doesn't matter what gender the child is, you know, boy, girl, whatever. Um, I strongly believe that if you do not have these conversations with your kid, they don't learn. Like, it's, don't, don't think that they're not going to learn because you didn't have the conversation with them. 
Um, and so with that, how do you then approach these hard conversations, if you will? I mean, quotes, hard conversations, if you will, um, to kind of um, as a hedge of protection. Like, hey, I need to let you know about this before you go out there and get some some information that you should not be getting. How do you approach conversations like that? Well, you first of all, you can't approach a conversation like that on, until you have a relationship. Bingo. It's it's impossible because like we don't talk, we don't sit, we don't watch movies together, we don't sit on the sofa together. So why are you talking to me now? Yep. And so if you haven't built that relationship, you're not going to be able to have that conversation. It's just right. as simple as it is. And because I've built those relationships, I feel comfortable in they may not even do everything that, I, but they always come back and say, mom, you told me, I don't have to tell you. So mm. they come back and say to me, mom, you did share this with me. Yeah. And hopefully I've learned from this and I won't do that again. But without relationship, you can't have those conversations. They won't hear you. Mm. That's good. Yep. That's really good. That's good. Didi, I'm sorry for taking over all the questions. No, I'm you just really very, curious. Uh, <laughs> I <can see. laughs> I'm extremely curious. I mean, just because like we, I have, I live a whole different, I will never live this experience. Now, I think that God made people very balanced. Um, I understand what that I'm very, very logical in thinking, but there is uh, the nurturing of mothers that is amazing and admirable to me. There is a... Um, just a in tuneness, if you will, and I don't mean to talk about it like it's supernatural, but yeah. there's a, a tuneness in tuneness um, to where um, it's just a, a it's just that touch that is yep. a remedy for a lot of things. Um, like there's times where um, I okay now this is I'm telling on myself. Ooh, my mama watched this too. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> so there's times where it's like, mom, I just need to come be around. Like, I don't need, I don't need you to say nothing. I don't mm -hmm. need you to do nothing. I don't need to have a super big talk. Um, and it's not even something really going on. Like, but I just know that I'm stressed and I know this is what I need right now. Um, that's a thing. Um, but also now I'm telling on you sons out there. Okay. There's a level of transparentness that transparent that I try to have with my mother in the sense of um, I used to give her, oh, I was a king of this when I was in my young 20s, um, of giving her half truths, not in the sense of doing something bad, but like um, I remember telling her when I tore my ACL, I got nicked up a little bit, you know, on <laughs> the football field. Um, yeah, I'm just going to go see the doctor, like, like belittling it. Why? Because I'm in the middle of Kansas and she all the way in California and I don't want her to freak out. Um, but then there's a level of ah, like, nah, how long is the charade going to last? Let me just tell her I got to have surgery and we got to do all this other stuff, but out of preservation. Um, but had it not had that relationship, I'm going to be honest. I probably would have kept belittling it, you know, mm -hmm. like, like I would have kept. Now, nah, I just got a little skin my knee a little bit. You know, I do that a lot. Um, but out of self-preservation. And I think um, something that life has taught me is if she's willing to, if she has been willing to raise me since I was in this world, 
to nurture me since I've been in this world, to um, not only as a provider, but also as somebody who um, she'll ask me questions so I won't be so logical. Well, did you think about how such and such feel about that? I'm like, you're right. There is other people in this situation. Like, like literally, sometimes teenage boys can be oblivious. Um, the the least I can do is to be transparent with her um, in certain situations. And so, like, there's a dynamic that I'm like, man, I just pray that when my household, I guess, is established, that I can have that sense of transparency, but also understand understand the battle that you're in. Understand that you're fighting every single time a child goes out this house, cultures from other people. Yes. Like um, I talk about, I just had a conversation with a couple moms uh, last week and we we're talking about public schools and they were talking about the reality of, yes, they send their kids to public schools, but they're not fighting a school system so right. much as it is that they're in a class with 24 other kids that's 24 other households pouring into my child. Yes. Um, and so that heads of protection, like just literally just, I, I did public school my entire life. Honestly, I didn't find out that my college was a private school until I got there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to be honest with you. Like until I got there, I didn't know it was a private school. And so I didn't know the difference. I didn't even know I was, Miss Stephanie, I was 24 years old before I found out that they had Christian high schools and Christian middle schools and mm -hmm. elementary schools. And I'm like, what? This stuff exists? Mm -hmm. Like, call it off. So you can imagine a culture shock of mm -hmm. even thinking about raising kids in this economy. Um, and then, and I won't go on with the, with the, with the hoopla, but then you have media. Mm -hmm. Then you have the effect of what TV and this thing that I love, so I'm not going to mad. you probably watching this on YouTube right now, or <laughs> YouTube um, and other video streaming things has an impact on your child. And so through all of that, I'm going to turn this into a question. I, I just let you know all my fears. I just let you know all my fears. But um, through that, through every avenue, everything that can creep into a child's life, be it your biological or anybody's life, um, especially them girls, because I'm not going to rant on girls. I'm not going to do that. Girls will read something and be like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> and now that's, that mug is that mug is Bible now. Like, like, <laughs> like what? Like, so like with all the stuff that coming from the outside world in, um, just what is your mindfulness in the protection now? It all, it starts from when they're young. It's what you feed them. And I'm not talking natural food. Mm -hmm. I'm talking the seeds that you plant in their lives, the love. They're going to make decisions. But you, your hope is that foundation that you set for them. You have to. It's impossible in the world that we live in and the danger that's out here not to feed them the truth and feed them the word of God. If you don't, what do you expect them to, to live by? The world is going to be what it is. But mm. you hope that as you set that foundation, when they get out there, they're not going to be perfect. We weren't. We aren't. But you, you hope that they will remember the word that you fed them, the milk of the word. That's the mm -hmm. only 
in grace. There is nothing else. Hmm. There is nothing else. That's good. That's good. Didi, would, would you add to that? Being that you got a t- you a 10 year old, he 10, right? CJ 10, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, 10 year old boy that I know that he knows <laughs> how right now. I I I I know for a fact, I'm willing to bet my paycheck that he knows how to work technology better than I do. How do you <laughs> <laughs> how do you then protect him from the outside world's influences? Um, first let me just say I'm not an expert. I am I am learning as I go. But what I do know to do is I can't protect him. My job is to is to train him so that when the goal is that he won't need me to protect him. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's how I look at my role. Um my job is to prepare him to live without me. Mm-hmm. And as crazy as that sounds, mm-hmm. that's how I attack each situation each day. Um, and I literally like hands down, the Lord <laughs> is the best co-parent ever because he will say, say this, don't do that. Try this. Don't try that. Don't do that again. And I'm, and I'm being literal because yeah. I don't know what I'm doing, but mm-hmm. I do know that it's my job to make sure that he can survive without me. And so I don't, I won't say that I stress about what's going to happen in the schools. I know we have a lot going on with fighting curriculum and all that kind of stuff in whatever state you're in, mm-hmm. but that's not my responsibility. I'm not responsible for raising a whole school or curriculum. Because like she's like Miss Stephanie said, the world is going to do what the world's going to do. Yeah. My job is to prepare my son to live for God despite the world. Yeah. So when he goes to school, I always tell him, remember who you are. Mm-hmm. You're not a regular fourth grader. And mm. I know that may not seem fair, but I wish somebody would have told me the reason I don't fit in is a benefit. It's not a, a liability. Mm-hmm. So stop trying to do that because every time you do that, you get in trouble. Somebody says this about you. Somebody does this and you feel like you're not who you are. Like the other day, I'm like, why are you crying? They said, I have big ears. I said, do you have big ears? When have you ever heard somebody tell you you have big ears just today? So why you believe that? Mm. You know, your ears fit. (laughs) So reminding him who he is Mm -hmm. and then telling him how I felt as a fourth grader and the stuff Mm. I went through as a fourth grader and how I wish somebody reminded me over and over again, it's okay to be different because this difference was specific for you. You were born this way because there's something special for you to do later on and now. So I try not to stress so much about, oh, what's going to happen? I want to protect them now. Naturally, of course, mm-hmm. I don't want anything to happen to my son. But like what Miss Stephanie was saying earlier, I realized I cannot, I can't stop the world so he can live a spotless life. I can't fix everything. I can't stop everything. I can't block everything. I can't be everywhere he is every minute of the day. So I have to just trust God. I have to do my best and trust God with the rest of it. Mm -hmm. And as long as he knows who he is and I'm reinforcing that and he knows that home is safe and he knows that he can cry if he wants to cry and he could be angry if he wants to be angry That's good. and he could talk through it, even if it doesn't make sense. And I'll sit there and wait till he's ready to talk. That's good. And not be like, get out of my, you know, boys don't cry. Then why they got tears? Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And so I talk to him like that because I know that's what he hears everywhere else, even though people don't realize that they say these things. I know because I remember when I was 10, I remember what people said to me. Yeah. So I can't minimize how he feels just because I'm here now and he's little. So to answer your question, I accepted that I'm not his God. And even at his age, he has to learn how to trust God when mommy's not around. Right. That's so good. And something that you spoke to was, um, and I love the dynamic we got here. I love the (laughs) dynamic we have here because it's like, it speaks to, I deal with people, not only am I myself, you know, trying to navigate life, uh, trying to delete some of that stuff um, that the really, and it really wasn't like, I, I can't tell you that it was ever a conversation of, guys don't cry or something like that. But I got, I got the message. (laughs) I got the message. Uh, And so the fact that you are raising your son that way is so beautiful because Mm -hmm. like I'm seeing not only from figuring out in my own life, but I'm seeing, uh, you know, in the men's groups that I do um, with the various friends that I have, um, they're trying to steal. They struggle with still deleting the fact that they can't be, um, just transparent or vulnerable um, in any way, form, or fashion. The whole men don't cry thing um, is still like it plagues us. And I and and I want to believe. I want to believe that it was created um, to give resilience. Um, I want to believe that, even if it wasn't. Um, but what it did was um, teach us how to. Um, fester and hold stuff in and then it just blow up like a bomb um can i just add this one piece yeah what you said and i'm trying i'm trying to wrap this up but Mm -hmm. this is the start of why we're having a hard time with our men as women grown and we have relationship issues and it it starts when your boys like you said if you have a, a a group of male friends that are still struggling with that then there's a reason like, then why aren't we planting the seed earlier so they won't have to struggle in adulthood? So they don't have to yeah. go through this mm-hmm. and we don't have to be like, well, how come the men are emotionally available? Nobody told them how to be. That's right. That's good. That's Whether true. it was a mother or, or a father at home, they weren't they didn't feel safe enough to be like, when I'm going through something, it's OK to talk it out, even if it comes out wrong. But instead, exactly. like you said, it festers 40 years old. They lash out and don't know why. Exactly. And then have to go to therapy, but then can't afford it. And then try to go to somebody unqualified who also is ill-equipped. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm like, it's being a parent is such a big deal to, to me. Like, it's not just a, mm-hmm. I just want to have all the kids in the world count the cost. Yeah. Cause it's that's not just true. a hobby. It's not, I don't care if you are financially stable, it's way it's, more than finances. It's, yeah, it's bigger than finances. That's Absolutely. You got to have the capacity to pour into someone else because of their future, their children. I think about my son's wife today. I know that might sound mm, crazy, but I no. do. Well, I really sense. do. And I talk to him about it. Like <laughs> this boy is asking me, well, what do you think I should name my children? I know, I know, mom. I know it's my wife's decision. Like, that's how we talk because he needs to know. <laughs> Yeah. It's okay to, to be excited about that with your yeah. wife, you know? And so I think about that. I think about his children. I, so we talk about it like it's just normal. Just, uh, you know, when you have a kid, it's going to be like, you know, 
You can't be so selfish. You're going to have to clean up your room sometimes, son. So I kind of, you know, mix it in there. But um, it starts with what we do at this age. We can't wait till somebody's grown to talk about uh, let's get some healing and all that. How about let's avoid some drama yeah. so they can yeah. just be healthy at the outset. So when he does leave my home, even though he told me he's never going to, when he does, oh, he, will. My, oh, he will. That's what I said. No, nah, you got to go, man. <laughs> and, but when he does, he's not lacking from me yeah. that I did the best that I could do so that he's healthy going out. I'm not going to send him out damaged. But do you think what's so important in the relationship that you and CJ had is that he loves you and you love him and he's not afraid to hold your hand. He's not afraid to hug on you and love on you. And he's already learning at a young age that that's okay. Yes. So, you know, as he gets older, that won't be an issue for him because he does. I mean, your relationship, you, you have created a bond that he'll never forget. Oh. Yeah. I just got to tell him. I don't enjoy you farting on me. Yeah, well, that we don't yeah. need that. I said, hey, I know I'm your mom, but I'm a lady. Now that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I hear you've been baptized. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but I do want to take the time to just thank you guys. Like, thank you for your resilience. Thank you for uh, just the um, not only the resilience but the perseverance through. I mean, the trials of your kid, um, the understanding of your kid, because sometimes, you know, that takes longer than we would hope. Uh, and also just the just the, the in, in both of you, like just the ability to not only say that my kid is going to exceed my capacity of love, is going to exceed my capacity uh, to make an impact in this world, because you guys are doing a great job of not only being parents, but also. Um, spreading that to others, giving people the truth. Miss um, Stephanie got a football stadium. <laughs> I mean, I mean For real. It, but it does really take, um, it takes a lot to go into that, um, to be even available. Yeah. For other things, other people, other relationships, other places, other things on your calendar, to even be available, it takes a lot. Um, and so the fact that both of you guys do that and you do that um, consistently and it's it's integrate it's ingrained in your life, um, I really do appreciate that. And thank you, Ms. Steph, for showing like coming on. Like, it's, yes, thank we, you for being our first guest ever. Yeah. Like you, I'm 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 kind of hoping, like I'm kind of <laughs> hoping that we don't talk. Me and Dee Dee don't talk after this, and it's like, oh man, she did so good. I think. I think I wanted to replace you, Ren. Like, I, I hope that that don't happen. <laughs> we got to put on payroll. <laughs> I know. Like, 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 you about to take, that's how good you did. You So thank you for coming through yeah. for sure. Can I say one more thing? If oh, I could. Yeah, of course. Please. Of course. I wanted to say this. It doesn't do me any good. My mom is not with us. Um, she passed away at 45, but she mm. left a legacy within me. And she left some love that I, oof. And what good would it be for her to leave that with me and I not share that with others? Mm, yeah. I, I, yeah. That's good. That's good. Mm, legacy. Listen, we're going to have you That's on the for word. sure again. You're going to have you on for sure again because mm -hmm. we, we haven't even scratched the surface as to um, not only who God has created you to be with your, with your testimony, but like, what is God doing in um, in in slang terms in these streets today? Mm -hmm. um, so 
thank you. I know I want to be I wanna honor your time. I want to honor everybody's time, but for sure, it needs to happen again. Didi, you got something for us? No, I think that's a great way to wrap it up. It wouldn't mean any it wouldn't mean much if there wasn't a legacy. Yeah. I mean, that's the point of mothering, right? Who's who's coming after? Who are we mothering? You know, it's supposed to live on. So I think that's a great thing to leave it on. Again, shout out to all the moms out there, the aunties, yes. the godmothers, the stepmothers, yes. the grannies, the great grandmas, the foster parents, the teachers, the coaches, the neighbors, the mentors, the Sunday school teachers, the vacation Bible school teachers, the children's choir directors, everybody who plays a oh. part in all of us hard-headed kids in some way. We made it. We still trying to make it. So your labor was not in vain. I'm so sorry for my mouth. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But <laughs> I promise you I'm going to use it for good these days. <laughs> but um, shout out to everybody who has poured into all of us children, young and old, because we would not be here without it. So even if it was something small, a smile, a happy birthday note, all of it matters. So we don't take any kind of mothering for granted. And uh, we appreciate everything. Yes. That's good. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for watching the Set Apart Podcast with Brandon Didi. This is the amazing Miss Stephanie. Thank you for coming through. Thank and you. we will see you guys on the next installment. Throw up the deuces, Didi. Bye-bye. Hey, hey, this is your girl Didi from Set Apart with Brandon Didi. Thank you so much for tuning in to this latest installment. Don't forget to subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts.